Let's get to know Pacers lottery pick Jarris Walker a little bit better by talking to those who saw him develop in high school. We'll connect with Brian Nash today on Locked on Pacers, the director of basketball at IMG Academy, where Walker spent some of his high school days. It's all coming on today's Locked on Pacers podcast. You are Locked on Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers. As always, my name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and SI. And today, really fun episode getting to know more about Jarris Walker, the Pacers' new lottery pick forward, how he can help this team, his growth as a person and player all sorts of things about his background, and who better than someone who watched him go from a younger player all the way to the NBA. Brian Nash, the director of basketball. What a cool job title. At IMG Academy, where Walker spent much of his high school playing days. Nash oversees the entire basketball program at IMG Academy down in Florida, where Walker played and grew from part point guard, part forward, to center, to forward again, and then went to Houston before the NBA. All sorts of fascinating things involved for Walker in his career. Nash has a ton of insight about his background, his growth as a player at multiple positions. We get all of it into all of it today in this wide ranging interview, which was on the phone. So I apologize for the audio differences for normal. Let's just get right to it. So when did Jarris Walker first pop up on your radar? So he had, uh, I mean, he, he was like the number one eighth grader in the country. And there was, uh, you know, again, I think from his family standpoint, they were looking to, um, you know, get away from like he. I think he was looking to get away from home and try to get to you know an elite high school program and not go to kind of a local school. And there was, uh, you know, there was an AAU connection with our coaching staff, and that's kind of how it started. He came down and visited, and obviously when you when you get down here you're there's a lot to fall in love with with the facilities and being in Florida and all those things and uh that 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 was kind of the starting point on the flip side of that he gets there and you know already looks fantastic getting tons of D1 opportunities when did you realize that he kind of had it like he could be that level of player that you know could be on an NBA path one day um you know, yeah, the, the the number one eighth grader in the country. Like, what exactly does that mean, right? I mean, there's so much time ahead of you for developing, and but I mean, the one thing that he had right away was, I mean, he looked like Larry Johnson. That's, that's what we used to, you know, that's what we referred to him when he came in here. I mean, how many kids that young um, had that much size? And uh, I would say. You know, he, that that first year that he played on, I mean, he played on a team that had like three other NBA players on it, and he had to work extremely hard. He had to put in his time. There were a lot of ups and downs, and I would say like the national semifinal that year in the Geico Championships, um, we were playing Montverde, and I mean, Montverde had like five pros on their team. I think it was Cade Cunningham. It was Scotty Barnes. It was... Malik Monk, and I mean, they, they, they were loaded, and we were down 18 points in the second half. We came back, and he he had like one of the one of the most impactful plays in the game. He he got an offensive rebound on a on a miss on a miss free throw that we had. 
like had a great swim stroke move, got around, got the rebound, kicked it out, and then hit a big three at that point, and it was like a big momentum swing. And I don't know that that, that, that play always stands out to me. Like, okay, this kid's this kid's got a chance to be pretty special. On the more personal side of you know you getting to know these athletes and seeing them every day, what stood out to you about who Jarris Walker is as a person, or do you have an interaction with him that like? remains in your head is like uh, you know this is like the ultimate jarris walker interaction you know i I just think the one thing i've been saying to people is i mean he comes from incredible stock i mean his mom and dad are just the most amazing parents and did a phenomenal job raising him and he is the most well-mannered well-spoken considerate um i i wouldn't say any one moment is consistent but i would think just the overall body of work i think he was just consistent in everything that he did he was respectful um, you know, we, we have an academy here where we have sixth graders all the way up to postgrads. And, you know, he always was there to talk to the younger kids. He, you know, he didn't big time anybody. And you know, he just got a, a, a nice way about himself. A lot of players in your program are moving away from home for the first time. And I feel like that adjustment can be hard. And how did you see Walker handle that? And, you know, that's a big thing for, for all these players because they end up moving to college and then to the pros. And do you feel like that's a translatable skill they learn with you guys? Uh, I think it definitely helps being away. I mean, and, and learning, you know, learning a schedule. I mean, the, the, this place is not that easy because the schedules are so regimented and, you know, we do have a strict, you know, we, we, we've got a lot of strict policies around here for a boarding school. I mean, the kids don't have as much freedom to come and go as they want. So they've, they've got to learn to operate within a lot of structure right away. So I, I think from a time management side and the demands of what the practices are, um, you know, then transitioning and going to class and making sure you got to get your work done. Uh, I think this place over the years, I mean, all of the college coaches have always said that our kids are more prepared for college because they're in more of a college routine and a college schedule earlier on. Um, and then, you know, I think the one story that's kind of that, that, that floats around there about Jarris was, I mean, it was about the first three or four weeks of his freshman year uh, into school. And I don't know 100% whether it was I remember something minor happened in the dorms, like something goofy, like being a 14, 15-year-old kid in the dorms. And, and, and then the other one that people are talking about, maybe he overslept for a class or something. And his dad called our head coach, I remember, and it was like, hey, you know what? I don't know if this is the place for my son because my son doesn't act like this. Like, this is not in his character. So I don't know whether that was, uh, you know, a ploy by dad at that time <laughs> to really tell, tell Jairus that, you know what? this can all be taken away from you pretty quick from, from dad. If you, if you don't do what you're supposed to do. But again, I think that goes back to his upbringing and why he is the way he is because he had parents that really held him accountable and loved him. Speaking of his parents, I was reading that his mom thought his hands were unusually big at birth, like immediately in his life. And then, you know, when I met him, obviously last week, I noticed his frame general manager, of the Pacers, Chad Buchanan described him as, a linebacker, you know, as you deal with basketball players, like was it how unique to you was his frame, and in what ways, when he plays, do you feel like he uses that to his advantage? Yeah, so I think he's learned to be almost the biggest guy, the, the biggest, strongest guy on the court most of the time that he's played. Um, as he's gotten older, you know, there are going to be guys that are taller than him, but as physically strong, I, I don't think there are that many. Um, you know, he he's embraced the the, the reason he got drafted. Uh, 
you know, I think a lot of players, you know, they always want to be something that they're not. And I think Jarris kind of over time has really kind of known what the best version of himself is. And I think that's what, that's kind of like the separating factor between players that are really successful and ones that just kind of don't pan out. You know, the, the ones that don't pan out want to keep doing things that they can't do. And, and I think Jarris understands that, you know, I'm, I'm a great defender. I'm a great rebounder. You know, my offensive game is still evolving, but I'm a good enough player. So, and, and he buys into that. And you know what? He affects winning and winning and doing whatever happens or whatever he needs to do for the team to win is how he operates. So, I mean, when you put all those things together, I mean, you've got a lottery pick, you know? Hey guys, short little break here so I can talk to you about eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know a part will fit or you'll get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million, that's a lot, parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Maybe all that stuff you just said would be your answer to this question, but how do you feel like you saw him grow with you guys at IMG, and and what it what is it kind of can, can that growth do for him and others in the pro level? Yeah, so freshman year came in and and like I said, really competitive. I mean, he's played with multiple NBA guys on his teams every year that he's been here. So freshman year, you know, you got the seniors and the juniors, and you're not trying to rock the boat, and you, you you're doing what you got to do, what the coach wants to get on the floor. Sophomore year, he starts to kind of get in the mold of what I just explained was, all right, hey, I'm going to expand my game a little bit more. I want to be a, become a perimeter shooter. I want to be a ball handler a little bit more. And, you know, honestly, his junior and senior year, he struggled a little bit because I think he was so, you know, caught up in trying to expand his game out and becoming a perimeter player and kind of lost, uh, you know, lost what he was. And then senior year, I mean, we needed him to we, – we didn't have a lot of height, and we needed him to play the five for us to be the best team that we could be because of who else was on the floor, and he embraced it. He got back to playing physical, um, you know, still still put him in opportunities to work and improve on his perimeter shooting and pick and pops and trailing and those things. But he really got back to, you know, understanding – and, and again, it, it's a credit to him because it was all about winning again. It was like, hey, coach, you know, what do you need me to do to be successful in my senior year? He's had an interesting background positionally, right? Because all the four at Houston and I, with you guys at times, you know, and Buchanan was talking about this at his introductory presser, he was playing the one, right? I've seen clips of him with you guys running pick and rolls as the ball handler, but at the same time doing stuff at the five that final year. What do you like? Is there a position you feel like in the uh, obviously? I think he'll play the four the most, but can he kind of play any spot to you in the pros? Like, where do you feel like naturally he'll shift as his game progresses? Yeah, we definitely, you know, he played some point forward for us. And, you know, when teams try to deny or take our point card out of the out of the play, he was able to initiate offense. But to your point, you know, I think you can play through him because of 
the things that he's done. I mean, he's a he's a good ball handler. He's not going to turn it over. I think he knows not to take risks. You know, if you're going to put him, if you're going to put him in certain positions on the floor, whether it be the high post or you know the the pinch post or the elbows, where you know you're going to play through him as a passer or a driver. Um, I think he's capable of doing that because he's got a good IQ and, and, and he makes good decisions. So, you know, again, I, I, I think you hear the, the, the defense and the rebounding thing. I mean, offensively, he's still going to keep evolving and, you know, he's got a, a really good skill set. So I think the, we're going to see more improvement from him on the offensive side than we are on the defensive side, which if you're, you know, if you're with a team, that's, that's obviously a good thing. Looking at the Pacers with, Miles Turner, Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin. How do you feel like he fits with that group, and where where do you think he can elevate what they already do? Yeah, no, I mean it's a that's a it's a super talented young core. Um, you know, I, I don't get to see the Pacers play as much being down here in Florida, but I mean knowing those players and just um, you know, I think how they played this past year and the excitement of throwing Jarris into the mix, I think he's I think he fits really good with with, with those players. I mean, you know, you've got the, the the shot blocker, rebounder, dunker, and in Miles Turner, and then you know those, those two guards are as good as you can get. So um, you know then, then you throw him in the power forward position, and I think it's a you know I think it's a really good mix. Does your approach change on the player development side with prospects at all when you realize there can be kind of a defensive prospect? Since you know you mentioned earlier, a lot of guys kind of want to be the star of the show, the ball handler, with a guy like Jarris who's known for his defense. Is there any way you, like, push them to be that? How do you kind of develop defense in a different way with guys? Uh, our Sean Macklin, who coaches our national team, is a defensive-minded coach. He does a really good job with scheme and scouting. Um, so our, our players kind of have to buy into the defensive side of the ball. They've got to know how to play ball screens and different coverages. They've got to know rotations. So I, I think that really helps us, um, you know, from the in-season phase of learning how to play within the team dynamic. And, you know, the unique thing about our academy here is that we we go from the end of August all the way to the end of May. It's not like we just have traditional seasons and then we stop playing. We train the entire year. So we have different phases of the year where we can work on different skill sets, I mean, preseason, postseason you know, with individual development plans and those things and, and, and the things that we really want to focus on outside of season, we can do that. And then, you know, we're able to, you know, I mean, we, we want to have kids that want to impact winning and that want to buy into winning the national championship. And, you know, the, the, those are the kids that we've been lucky enough to have. I don't know how much communication you've had with him since he was with IMG, but in what ways have you seen him grow as a player and as a person since his time there? Uh, the cool thing is that he, he got to come back down here for, you know, uh, probably about 10 days before the draft to kind of finish out his workouts um, on campus down here. You know, his mom, his dad came down and, you know, his trainer. So we, we, we got to spend some good time with him, you know, just, just being around him every day and, you know, his you know, his maturity level. I, I think, again, you know, Coach Sampson and, and Houston did a great job with, helping him continue to become a man and and you know he he got thrown into you know a, a different environment at that level where you're competing against men and your accountability and how hard you have to perform every day is is taken to another level 
But you know, the the, the good thing about coming back here, he, he was he was Jareth. He was the same soft spoken person. He was, you know, it was great for him to see administrators and people around here. Um, you know, he, he he did some interviews for us, and you know, our, our marketing team said, "My God, they were the best interviews anybody's <laughs> ever done." So he's just, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, the, the, that is the one thing that our kids do get a lot of prep on here too, because they have cameras in front of them so much, uh, because of you know the IMG Academy brand and, and and how we promote our national teams. So uh, you know, it, it was just. It felt like old times. I mean, it was great to see mom and dad and Jairus. And, and again, I'm just, we're all just so happy for the family. People love to point to the college percentage. I'm curious, as someone who's seen him in practice settings in several games, what you think of his jump shot and how it will translate to the pros? I mean, he's worked on it. It's, uh, you know, he used to have a lot more movement in his shot and it's now it's, it's tightened up. It's more of a, a one piece shot. And, you know, he spent a lot of time shooting when he was, when he was here on campus in, in the, the remaining days, um, going into the draft. Um, you know, he, he's going to be, he's going to be a capable shooter. I mean, you, you're going to have to guard him because he's going to be able to make shots and, and the one thing I know about him is that he'll keep working, um, you know, with his improved form. I think it's only his percentages will only get better. I mean, it's not like he's ever going to be a, I don't think he's going to be, you know, a high 40% shooter. But uh, again, he's going to be a guy that you're going to have, he's going to keep you honest and, and you're going to have to guard him out there, which is going to set up his, you know, his, his driving game, which is really, really effective. I don't know how well you know Rick Carlisle, but he's, he loves the relationship side of young players, getting to know them and finding the best way for them to kind of succeed and fit in on an NBA court. In what ways do you feel like Jairus is that way as a player in terms of the relationships being important to him? And how do you feel like those two will pair together? Um, yeah, I read, I, I was reading one of the articles where I know they were in the car listening to jazz music together. <laughs> That's uh, right. I, I think that was a pretty cool moment, but no, Jairus is a, I mean, he's a people person. He's a good communicator. Um, he was a kid that lived in the gym, so I think there's always going to be opportunities for those coach moments or coaching staff moments when, you know, when you're always in there. Uh, you know, I think it's harder to build the relationships when somebody's in and out the door. Um, he's invested, and I, I think that he's going to, you know, he'll embrace all the relationships because he's a great teammate. And again, I think that. That, that ends up being, you know, one of his strongest suits is, you know, the teammates are going to respect him because of the person he is, how hard he works, and, you know, he's going to he's going to put everything into the team. This is a fairly vague question, so take it however you want, but do you have any predictions for his NBA career or where you feel like it will go? Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I, think that, I think these things are so hard, but, I mean, I know he's going to play in the league for a long time. I mean, I, I would be super surprised if he's not a – an NBA journeyman. And, uh, you know, I think you and I both know that the league is made up of a lot of role players who do their jobs really well. And I think his DNA of understanding what he is and whatever role he needs to do, he's not going to fight it. He's going to embrace it. So to me, that's going to just increase his longevity in the league. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Brian. Learned a lot about Jairus Walker, his growth, his development, and quite frankly, what he could be in the NBA, knowing how many positions he truly played 
at the high school level. This week now, the rest of the week, it's all free agency, baby. A little bit on Tyrese Halliburton's extension yesterday. If you missed that episode uh, with Yossi Goslin, it was excellent. And then tomorrow, we'll talk about all the rumors we've heard so far from Grant Williams to Harrison Barnes to DeAndre Hunter and more. We'll get to all those. Then Friday, Rhett Bauer's going to join us to talk free agency, all the storylines, all the player names to watch, the cap situation, everything. It's all coming this week on the Locked On Pacers podcast. Thank you guys for listening so much. If you're an everydayer, thanks a ton. Hope you've enjoyed this week of content from the draft up through free agency. Everybody have a fantastic day. We'll see you tomorrow.